This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Thank you guys for joining me. Please make sure to subscribe. Please hit the bell. This allows me to provide you guys more free content. All right, guys, today I'm very excited. I have Tracy Carmack back from Microbiome Labs. She is everything about gut health and she is such an invaluable person with so much information about how to heal the gut in an expedited process. So, we are going to talk about a ton of ways to support the gut, different types of gut bugs like SIBO, Candida. How we can heal those things in a, the most effective way. All right, so let's get right into it. Hi guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy, and today I'm very excited. I have Tracy Carmack with me again. We are going to talk about all things probiotics and just gut healing with the carnivore diet. So, Tracy, thank you for joining us again today.、Um, you know, let's just dive right into this. So, a lot of the questions I get about probiotics is,、um, When you're eating a carbohydrate free diet, so a more of a meat based diet,、um, if you take probiotics, how can these you know, bugs survive when we're not eat- having any bits of fiber or prebiotic foods? Okay, great question. You know what probiotics, what these organisms like to feed on are oligosaccharides. And these are found in animal proteins, in plants. And in many different food substances. So, even with an all meat diet, there are still these oligosaccharides that will feed the bacteria. Now, if you, of course, if you add some more, that will help them thrive. If there is a gut problem, there are ways to just add more of these oligosaccharides. Are there certain meats that have more? Do you know by any chance, or is it just kind of? The same or,、um, across the board with meats? That I don't know, but I think it's, you know, as far as Googling oligosaccharides and different、okay. types of proteins, organ meats, and、um, animal products, I think you'll see a wide spectrum. 
Okay. Another question I get often is, so how long do we have to take these probiotics, right? So um, the the Megaspore, obviously it's a spore-based one, so it's from the dirt. Um, how long, you know, what what is considered like a round of probiotics? Do I have to take it forever? You know, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Well, first, let me, let me clear up. When you say from the dirt, it actually isn't colonizing in the dirt. Okay. It's using the dirt as a vector. So just as a oh. form of transportation until an insect, an animal or a human comes by and eats something from the dirt and then they start to colonize. And that's different because there are probiotics out there that do take a variety of dirt probiotics oh, okay. and and have, you know, um, commercialized them, but they've not been well studied. And um, some, you know, have been removed from the market because they were causing more harm. So it's real important to use the type of spores that have been categorized and researched and have been on the market. Ours have been on the market for 60 years, um, used as pharmaceutical drugs in many other countries. So they're very safe and uh, much different than some of those others. Now. Um, when you say how long to use them, when you we realize that these spores have been in the human gastrointestinal tract since the dawn of man, and they were there when we were harvesting food from orchards and from gardens. And what has happened is we've stopped that cycle because we many people don't grow gardens anymore. Um, we've sterilized our soils with herbicides. We've sterilized our gut. We sterilize our food. We irradiate our food. We use antifungals on the food. And we use a lot of antibacterial soaps. And it goes on and on and on. So we have sterilized our environment and stopped this inoculation of these very important spores. And we've shown that infants that aren't exposed to these spores, their immune system will not develop properly. They have an immune deficiency. So it just shows you that these spores are very important for the development of our immune system. They're meant to be help our our gut develop properly. So they're meant to be with us. And all we're trying to do is put them back where they're supposed to be. Now, once you now they're transient, they don't stay there forever. Um, they pass back through after 24 days, 21 to 24 days. And they clean up the gut. So the question is, and while you're using them, if you can maintain an absolutely perfect diet, have no stress in your life, not be exposed to any drugs, um, then you probably wouldn't have to use them anymore. The question is, though, that's the answer is probably no one has that idyllic life. But a maintenance dose of just a couple a week um, Mm. is a good way to keep it in that 24 day cycle and keep it you know, optimal. And you can also listen to your body. You know, if you're being challenged by different stressors, or if you get ill, or you get some food poisoning, you know, there's times you'd have to take more. But generally, it's as you need it after you've cleaned up your gut. Uh, What about the three different types of probiotics? Um, Do you think that people need to cycle through the various ones that People should be taking because there's some schools of thoughts that say, hey, you need to take a little bit of lactobacillus, um, the sporebiotics, the saccharomyces. Um, So what are your thoughts? Do we need to take all three? Do we need to kind of use a little bit of megaspore for a while, stop it so that it's more potent when you take it again? Um, What are your thoughts? That's a super question. And I still hear some of the functional medicine teachers 
um, you know, talking about that and recommending that. But the truth is, if you have a lactobacillus or bifidus organism, they are SHIME studies. And a SHIME study is a synthetic gastrointestinal tract. It's the highest technology you can use to check probiotics to see what they do in the gastrointestinal tract. And we find that those products, which are 95 and above percent that's on the market, die in the stomach. So they're not actually getting to the gut to colonize. So the idea of rotating them when they don't even get to the gut to colonize really doesn't make sense. Now, they do have some function. Even though they're digested protein and the DNA, it gets to the microbiome. And because of quorum sensing, those organisms sense that those particles came from bacteria. And there is a shift. And they've measured that. It's called metabolic response. And it works with one condition or one particular symptom. So you can do one species, one condition, or you can use Megaspore and affect 36 different conditions. So it's really a matter of economy. You can go ahead and use those for that one condition, or you can use the Megaspore for multiple conditions. And our studies have shown that the Megaspore helps other bacteria populations grow. So you can increase the diversity with just the spore probiotics by 45%. So there really isn't a need to introduce those others. But like I said, it's very ingrained in the industry. So it's a matter of just try the spores and find out for yourself. Most of the studies are on lactobacillus. Like there's 500 plus studies. Um, that prove that of the efficacy of uh, lactobacillus, but as spore bases, I guess more newer, or you know, there's not as much, and so people kind of shift to the lactobacillus, and because it's now becoming a household name, right? Um, and so, in terms of Saccharomyces, because I know um, Microbiome Labs has a restore flora about that, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what would be the benefits of taking? like Saccharomyces, maybe with uh, Megaspore or um, by itself? Sure. The reason for using yeast in our formula is because yeast is good at fighting other yeast. So we're targeting the Saccharomyces boulardii against Candida albicans. The formula has two of our spores, um, which are in Megaspore, Mm -hmm. and that is the Bacillus subtilis and the Bacillus clausii. And with the yeast in there, you're able to have a good formula to target a candida, either post-antibiotic, um, you know, in order to fight that yeast against yeast. Saccharomyces boulardii is acid resistant. So it does get past the gastric barriers and it colonizes for about 48 hours. So it's a short-lived organism. And that's you know, one of the reasons you have to keep taking it. Right. But it's a good complement to the reason we're using it, you know, for the yeast situation. Got it. Okay. So if you don't really have a yeast issue, would you just recommend the Megaspore then? Okay. I would say for, you know, 95% um, is our flagship product, Megaspore. There are some, you know, particular times that you would use the Restore Flora. You would be for the yeast situation or if there's immune system damage. And that is when individuals aren't able to tolerate megaspore, then we would start them on a two spore, the restore flora, or even the one spore probiotic, which is HU58, and okay. step them up to the five spore as their immune system heals. 
So what are the symptoms of um, they're not able to tolerate the Megaspore? Um, I have I have several clients that are on it, or more than several, but none of them have had issues with taking it. Some of them had some of that stomach cramping, bloating, but initially, and then no one's ever complained about, oh, I can't handle this. And some of my clients have pretty bad gut issues. So what are some of the symptoms that they can't handle the micro, um, the megaspore? Yeah, and it's really all over the place because everyone's microbiome is different. Right. But it can be from, like you mentioned, the bloating, I would say, is probably the most common. Mm-hmm. Um, but as well, constipation, diarrhea, gas, hives, um, even depression. So our gut is intimately involved with, you know, um, the gut brain access um, that, you know, it can be, you know, um, when you're stirring up candida, since it releases exotoxins mm-hmm. and then that goes directly from the vagus nerve, you know, it can cause severe depression. So the symptoms are all over the place when it comes to what, what can happen, what would manifest as an intolerance. And when all we had was Megaspore, all we could tell people to do is just back off and go slower. Mm-hmm. And, and that seemed to work for the majority of people. There was a real small percentage of some individuals, they couldn't even take a pinch of the powder. Wow. And that's when we realized there's some real um, damaged immune systems out there. And that's why, you know, they came out with the HU58 and the Restore Flora, Got it. which is great help in those individuals. Okay, so those are more intermediary, and then if you have yeast, then you can use the the Restore Flora. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, A lot of people, you know, talk about, well, I just took antibiotics, so I know I definitely need to take probiotics. Is there a process of when it's more effective to take the probiotics? Should they take it um, after they took the um, antibiotics, during, uh, which kind of uh, probiotics do you recommend them taking? And that that's a great question, too, because there's so much information out there that is so confusing. And um, you've got a lot of different um, recommendations, but none of these recommendations have ever been tested with science. It's really just been everyone's best guess on how they thought probiotics were working. So because we know that these spores protect themselves when they're faced with any type of assault, you can take spores at the same time you're taking antibiotics, even the same hour, I mean, um, with the um, when you're taking the antibiotic pill, many practitioners would say, you know, you could take it the same day, but but break it up, you know, do yeah. one in the That's one what in I the hear the most. Right. Okay. And again, I mean, theoretically, if those probiotics were actually colonizing, um, and that might have made sense, but they don't ours do and you can take them at the same time because the spores are smart enough to stay in the spore stage let the antibiotic pass through and then they're right there really at the site of the damage to start cleaning things up hey guys just to let you know my carnivore cure book is back in stock for nine months it was out of print and used prices were up to three hundred dollars Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Wow, that's pretty powerful. And you said that there's clinical studies that um, kind of prove this stuff goes on. 
Yes. And the best studies are, again, these SHIME studies. There's no way to to tell how a probiotic functions in the gastrointestinal tract unless it's a live system. And so if you look up S-H-I-M-E, it'll take you to a company in Belgium. There's also one in Canada, but the one we use is in Belgium. And it'll show you this technology of how they uh, have a synthetic gastrointestinal tract Mm -hmm. and they feed it. The first thing they do is they inoculate it with a microbiome and then they feed it different things to see what happens. So they feed it probiotics and they can tell how far down the gastrointestinal tract a probiotic will survive, if it will colonize or not, what it manufactures. Does it make metabolites of enzymes and um, vitamins and uh, antioxidants? You know, how is it helping the good guys? And then does it create antibiotics that will kill the pathogens? So all of these things is how we studied uh, the bacillus spores to know what they can do and how powerful they are. Why don't all the like lactobacillus and those other probiotics, why don't they use this kind of testing? Because it's expensive. Okay. <laughs> they That's really what should. I figured, but. Yes, we're raising the bar. It's going to be to a point, I believe, that um, other manufacturers are going to have to step up to the plate, invest in the money so that, because people are going to ask the questions, what is your probiotic do? Does it colonize? What does it produce? You know, how does it shift the microbiome? What mechanisms does it use? And until we start insisting that manufacturers do that, then they're just guessing. So I wanted to shift a little bit. Last time we talked about how coconut oil, MCT oil is not the most ideal for your gut. And so uh, several people talked about coconut milk and if that's safe. So do you want to talk a little bit about the whole coconut oil, coconut milk? Sure. It's the saturated fat that is the problem, which increases the oxidative stress, which you know um, causes the problem in the gut. The milk has much less saturated fat in it, so it's not going to have the same problems. So when you say saturated fat, um, I mean, um, animal products have a ton of saturated fat. So is it the same issue then with um, animal fats? Not the same. Um, if you oh. look at the, there's a specific study that was done that ranks all the different fats, butter, animal fat. And in that study, the coconut oil was the worst. Okay. Do you mind sending me the link to that and I'll put it in my notes? Uh, Can you talk a little bit about why people feel bloated when they take probiotics? Some of it's like the die off of the LPS, right? But do you think you could talk a little bit about that and how long, because I know some people, one of my clients said, oh my gosh, I feel five months pregnant. I can't take this anymore. And so if you can talk about maybe how long, and I know I'm sure it's very bio individual, but if you can talk about how long they kind of have to feel that bloat and then when it should get better and sure. Yes. It's exotoxins and endotoxins. So endotoxins mean it's a toxin within the body originates in the body. It's actually in the cell wall of gram negative bacteria that are in our gut. The problem happens is when these cell, these gram-negative bacteria have outpopulated to the point there's more bad guys, more of them than there are the good guys. And when I say bad guys, you know, we have pathogens that are in our commensal microbiome and they don't cause any problems. It's because there's so few of them and they make up, you know, they keep our policing immune system strong and they really need to be there. It's when they start outpopulating the good guys that then they become dangerous for the body. So the gram-negative bacteria are in too high of a population. And so the microbiome itself 
they sense through quorum sensing, again, which is an intelligent, um, it's a surveillance system of chemicals that these bacteria know where they're at, who's in their environment, and what species are in their environment. So they sense when megaspore enters the environment and megaspore senses them. And they start, um, you know, shedding their cell wall in fear of megaspore. And in that cell wall is the LPS. If a person has gut damage, this LPS is very irritating to that exposed raw epithelial cells. Mm -hmm. And that's where the body is going to start um, producing fluid to try to flush away the LPS. That's the bloating. It's that fluid. It's that gas that's being produced because the body senses that LPS and it's trying to get rid of it. And the LPS can actually, you know, pass through the epithelial cell, enter the systemic um, circulation and can make someone feel really depressed. Um, they've even um, associated Alzheimer's to LPS. So it, it is a very serious endotoxin that um, we're very fortunate that Megaspore can reduce that dramatically in just 30 days you know and in 45 percent of it is reduced in 40 in 30 days so i would just say for those that experience that bloating then um you know thank goodness now they have had a, a product that is alerting to them that they have an issue all they have to do is reduce you know the megaspore or there's some things you can do to neutralize that that endotoxin IgG2000 is a very helpful product. It's a concentrated immunoglobulin mm -hmm. that is going to tag the LPS for the immune system to get rid of it. And um, it also is going to tag viruses and parasites. So it helps the whole overall immune modulation for people that are struggling with their immune system because of the severe damage and dysbiosis that's going on in their gut. One one just note I wanted to tell the p listeners is that um, what's powerful about that forty percent kind of healing is without any dietary changes that you guys have shown in your clinical studies, which I think is pretty radical because I'm very about you need to change your diet. But even without diet change, the probiotics or these spore based probiotics have so much potency. Um, mm -hmm. One other thing that I keep hearing all the time is. Uh, the only way that probiotics can survive and thrive or your gut can thrive is through, you know, prebiotic fibers. Um, so what is your take? Do we need them for decent gut health and, you know, for our um, good gut bugs to survive? <laughs> um, yeah, we're back to that. These organisms need oligosaccharides. Okay, okay. And those oligosaccharides are in animal products. Okay, the great. question comes, if they have gut damage, they need more oligosaccharides. And the question will be, is the, the animal products providing enough to heal the gut? Because you need those good gut bacteria. So that's when a prebiotic would be helpful. And then what was the product that um, Microbiome Labs has for the oligosaccharides? Mega prebiotic. Oh, and okay. it has, yeah, the three different... Okay. Um, fibers of the FOS, the GOS, and the XOS. So it's from three different sources, a, a fruit, uh, animal source, and a, a vegetable source. Oh, that's interesting. So you covered sort of like all your bases with the oligo. That's very smart. Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, now with our BiomeFX stool test, we're able to see which individual's gut bacteria would benefit more from a 
plant-based or an animal-based diet based on their gut bacteria. So it's going to get really interesting. But if the gut bacteria can change, would that hold true for the rest of their lives? You know, after 835 days, and that's a, an individual who's two and a half years old, their fingerprint microbiome is set for life. All you can hope to do is you can use these transient organisms like megaspore that go through and keep things balanced and clean things up and, um, you know, keep down the pathogens. But the fingerprint is set. Those gut bugs are kind of set. Um, mm -hmm. And some may be increased or more flourishing just based on like your diet or, you know, the supplements you've been taking. But in general, the types of species will be the same from about two and a half years old. Yes. Now you can vary it. We'll see. We've seen from the, the you know, bioinformatics mm -hmm. that geography makes a big difference. So right. if you're based in a certain country, you know, and that's where our test is. Um, it has all of those individuals that were in the Human Microbiome Project and the American Microbiome Project. So over 600,000 uh, samples. So we can geographically tell you if your gut microbiome is um, typical of where you live. In terms of when someone takes antibiotics and say that they didn't take probiotics even months after, if they haven't taken antibiotics for years, would they still benefit from taking the probiotics at that later point? Yes, because you would, first you have to know that when someone takes an antibiotic, the damage that's done really depends on how much gut damage they had when they took the antibiotic. So you'll see that some people can bounce back after an antibiotic in a number of days. Some will take a number of months. Some will have permanent gut damage. So it really depends on the status of your gut when you took it and, you know, your lifestyle since then. Wow. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about MegaGuard, the benefits, who should take it and how it's different from probiotics? Yes. Uh, this is a fairly new formula that we started and we've had some great success with it. And what we have found uh, that's fairly new is a new phase of detoxification. It's being written about in the literature called phase 2.5. And it has to do with bile and how important bile is in keeping the upper digestive tract. Mm -hmm. um, it works like a strong antimicrobial. So right. a lot of the dysbiosis that individuals will have, a lot of the SIBO that they'll have, is because of poor bile flow, because it's the bile's job to kind of keep that in balance. So when they have poor bile flow, they're going to have more dysbiosis. And then what bile they do have, the dysbiotic bacteria unconjugate their bile. And these secondary bile salts are extremely toxic to the gastrointestinal tract. So some of the individuals with severe diarrhea, some of your ulcerative colitis individuals, um, if that's the reason, we have found that even a, just a few days of taking MegaGuard, that chronic diarrhea has stopped and it's real exciting. Wow, um, I have had several clients just take the Megaspore and it's have stopped their diarrhea as well. But mm -hmm. some of those, yeah, but some of them I think had Candida, so it's interesting. <laughs> it's just interesting how certain supplements can help and stop based on, I guess, where your ailments are within your gut. Mm -hmm. uh, what about mega microbalance? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And what we have found when you're doing the total gut restoration, you don't always know how people are going to respond. 
And many individuals didn't know they had an underlying yeast infection. So it's, again, you've introduced megaspore and the pathogens and the candida are sensing that it's there and, you know, they're fleeing their home. They don't want to be eradicated. So they're putting up a fight. And the way that candida fights is that it excretes an exotoxin. And this exotoxin can manifest as, um, you know, depression, foggy thinking. You'll see individuals get thrush, dandruff, hives, vaginitis, um, athlete's foot, um, jock itch. All of that is, is, you know, the fungus or the, the candida albicans yeast. And we realized that it was so ubiquitous in the population that we needed a formula. And we chose an undeclinic acid formula because what we found is other antifungals um, like the nystatin and, and some of the botanicals were just like mowing the lawn. They weren't really pulling up the roots. And candida puts down roots. It's called hypha. And that's what causes leaky gut. It, it digs into the epithelial cells. And what the undeclinic acid does is it stops the hypha formation of the yeast so that it can't attach. So it's very effective in um, stopping that. And then the bee propolis, you know, this is a, also a, an important antifungal. That's how beehives keep from getting overgrown in mold is because of this bee oh, propolis. I never thought about that, how it doesn't mold, but it's wet. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, because I know a lot of people will take like the, um, what is it, the, uh, the charcoal? Or they'll take, a, a lot of people take the oil of oregano and I have had clients where they say, look, that's not potent enough for me and it doesn't work. And so I wasn't sure what other antifungals are, but so this is a stronger getting to the roots type of antifungal, right? And yeah. you, and I know we talked about this before we started recording, but you say don't take it more than three weeks at a time. And can you explain why again? Well, three months is oh, the three months, sorry. Time, yeah, that you would want to take any antifungal really just because it's, uh, again, it's a burden on the body to be eradicating anything for too long because even though candida is considered a pathogen, in low amounts, it's still a commensal part of our microbiome. So it's a matter of finding balance, but not trying to completely wipe it out. So in general, for gut health, what would be sort of like your kind of summary uh, recommendations, you know, you know, there's a ton of supplements we mentioned, but you know, that's a lot. And I think when we take everything, it's a little bit overkill on the body as well. So in general, for the average person, what would be sort of your protocol? And maybe, um, and I think we already talked about diet, but so just your protocol, and what would you recommend um, how they kind of start the process? Super. Yeah. And what we're seeing is a lot more gut issues than ever before. And yeah. I go to a lot of trade shows and, and really what I'm seeing is the gut health problems in the practitioners. So that really says something that they need, you know, to fix themselves before they can help all of the people in their practice that are having gut problems as well. So, um, and this says a lot because that's the center of healing. If you don't get your gut health right, it doesn't matter what other supplements you're taking. Nothing's going to absorb properly. Yes. Your diet isn't going to absorb properly. Uh, so this is really where you start. And Megaspore has been amazing at really telling us what you're dealing with. So because uh, we know that there's some hypersensitive people, we want to identify them as soon as possible. So starting at a dose of one capsule every other day for a week, 
and then going up to one capsule a day for a week, that begins to tell you right away who your sensitive people are. And then you can, you know, pull out, say, hold off on the megaspore or, or break it in half or take it slower or start with a, a lower number um, spore probiotic. Um, the other people, 80% of other individuals do fine and they might even go a little faster than that. Um, but that is the starting point. You want to see how the person tolerates the megaspore. And then after, you know, putting them up to the total dose of two capsules. And you want to take these during food. You know, this is the natural time to take a, a probiotic because it helps you digest your food. You know, a good, you know, these spores are producing enzymes and they help the body digest, you know, proteins, which is really important because it's difficult to digest proteins. Right. So if you get that up to the two um, and the third week, then you start the prebiotic. And for a month, and then you add on for the mega mucosa. So we're, we're looking at just healing those mucin layers, helping the keystone strains to thrive, and then watching how the body is going to react. If a candida pops up, then you've got megamycobalus. If you've got some GERD or some slow bile flow, you've got the megamycobalus. You've got the mega guard. If you've got some toxicity that is, um, you know, manifesting itself you've got the idg 2000 that's going to neutralize the lipopolysaccharide um yeah and then there's antioxidants that's being produced in these spores as well like astroxanthin and i've heard recently we're actually doing a fish study in the uk because i don't know if you know this that most fish like the salmon is farm fed right. and that they have to color it in order to keep it pink and a lot of that coloring is synthetic and um you know it's astaxanthin so we're doing a study you know feeding these fish these spore probiotics and because of the indicus this you know bacillus indicus it creates its own astaxanthin so it's naturally coloring the fish again uh -huh. so, you know it's a much healthier so we're trying to you know we're doing a chicken study for healthier chicken eggs we just um, we've got a dog study going and we just launched a phytospore because we're realizing that, you know, our dogs are suffering with metabolic endotoxemia because they're eating like us. And it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's true. Yeah. Developing cancers and skin problems. So, you know, we're trying to, you know, help the dogs, the cats and all the different types of food because what we eat, what they eat is really important. And that's going to make our gastrointestinal tracts healthier. Well, so kind of to summarize, so it sounds like you start with the megaspore and then you can um, then see how the individual reacts. And then if there are certain symptoms based on all the ones that you just mentioned, then you kind of go from there and figure out what other support do you need temporarily as you heal. And then as you heal your gut, then you can kind of have a maintenance dose of megaspore, let's say, maybe a few times a week, and that should kind of take care of you, assuming that you're also cleaning up your diet, having less stress and all that stuff. Um, right. is, is that right? Okay. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's now, pretty powerful. Go ahead. Yeah, well, now with the, the BiomFX kit, you know, there are some individuals that really do insist on doing testing, you know, the pre and post testing. Yes. This is the latest technology. It's the only test that's actually won awards by the FDA for accuracy. 
Um, other technologies are antiquated. The other, I would say 95% of all other stool tests out there are based on, you know, S16 technology, which is just giving you uh, four or five snippets of the genome where we're mapping the entire genome. So it's a big wow. difference. I would say it's like a Polaroid camera compared to an iPhone. You know, you, you don't want to, you know, waste your money on something that isn't really going to give you the information to base a protocol on. I'll have to definitely look into that. Well, thank you so much for your time. I think this will help so many people, you know, that are suffering from gut health, which is pretty much everyone. Um, mm -hmm. And it'll help them kind of expedite the process of healing because, I mean, there's a lot of carnivores that are eating that way and they believe that meat heals everything. And, you know, there are a ton of nutrients in meat, but some of them are suffering with diarrhea, for example, even a year in. And I think at that point, it's you need some support. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I'll talk to you soon, Tracy. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Judy. Always a pleasure. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, I hope that this video allows you to realize that probiotics are so important in our modern day society and that even as a carnivore or a meat-based diet, we may need to take a maintenance dose. My family, we all take the Megaspore. We are now on more of a maintenance dosage. Again, it's been very beneficial. My kids' stools are very consistent. But with all that said, I want to make sure that our diet needs to be the utmost of importance. So you can take all the supplements in the world. It can help you in that moment in time. But if you don't clean up your diet, you don't ease off of the stressors, and you don't manage your sleep, then you will have to take these supplements for the rest of your life. And I don't know. That just seems like a wasteful amount of money. All right, guys, you know the drill. Make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.